Father, this morning we just come to you, Lord. We just thank you. We just praise you. We just worship you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for another day. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence, in your house. Thank you for the honor of ministering your word. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Unworthy as we are, you made us worthy through your Son, by his blood, and the power of your Holy Spirit. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you. Now, as I bring the word that you gave me for this day, for this hour, I pray, Lord, you would touch your people everywhere. Empower, encourage, uplift, Lord. Let your word go forth and do the work for which it is being sent forth, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Today is Wednesday, and between there it was there was Tuesday. <laughs> and I hope we haven't forgotten what we heard on Monday. Let's go first to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. One truth we can never run away from, or even if you run away, it is still coming after you. As it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Okay, Keep this always before us, because whether we are aware or not, we are racing towards that day. And when we, when that day reaches us, so we reach that day, whichever it is, first death or coming of Jesus Christ, we will need to realize when we stand before Him for judgment, this is eternal judgment. The Bible says eternal judgment in the same book of chapter six. Eternal, meaning it is set forever, forever and ever. Earthly judgments are usually are temporal. It can be appealed. It can be overruled. And you have lots of recourses to earthly, earthly judgments, but God's judgment on that day is eternal. It's eternal judgment. So when you are standing before God for eternal judgment or preparing for that, we also need to know the criteria by which He is going to judge. That's where Matthew 25 and verse 21 comes. Where he tells that the Lord, his Lord, said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. One of the most important criteria by which God will judge his people on that day. is not well done, good and successful servant. It is well done, good and faithful servant. Why is it important? Because in this world, you are judged by your success. In the kingdom of God, you are not first judged by your success. You are judged by your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. Don't miss this because that's why we live in this world, as Jesus said, but we are not of the world. Okay, Not of the world. Because some of you, like if you know this parable, there were three servants and their ability was different. It was not the same. Ability, you're three of you sitting over there, students sitting at the back, four of you. Your ability is not the same. Even if you're doing the same year, the same course, your ability may not be the same. So one may get 90%, another may get 80%, one may get only 40%. And they will look at the 90 and say, you are successful and tell the 40, work harder. It's true at one level. 
But the point is that when God looks at four of you, he may look at the one with 40 and look at the one at 90 and say the 40 was faithful in the way he did his work. And if that were the day of judgment in your life, the 90 is not going to get the crown. The 40 is the one who is going to be commended because the one who had 40 and his ability was less but was faithful to the criteria which God had set. That this is the way you need to work. Okay? So you need to realize that's how it works in the kingdom. So be very careful that we don't look at success but we look at faithfulness because in the kingdom of God what matters is successful. Sorry, in the kingdom of man. But in the kingdom of God, it is faithfulness. And we are all rushing. Actually, in the last days, Jesus said, for the sake of the elect, he will shorten that day. So our generation, which I believe could be the last generation, is rushing towards the day of judgment faster than the previous generations. Much faster, because no generation faced the kind of pressure we face. So we do not have the kind of luxury and the time they had to build these things into our system, because when we stand before God, he's not going to look at success. He's going to look at faithfulness. And the simple question is, where we faithful? Because we need to understand, when God looks at success, again, man looks at success, success is not actually determined now. Even whether you are successful or not, you will only know on that day. Okay, If you look at Apostle Paul, he was actually having a lot of trouble with the church in Corinth. Church, you know, two letters, the longest letter he wrote was to, to these two letters. He was a pastor as the apostle who establishes these churches. He was having a lot of trouble with these churches and many people were questioning his leadership too. So in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, he's addressing these things, okay? He says, okay, Sorry, 1 Corinthians 3 and 4. Second, 3 and 4. Okay? But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. They were judging him. Judging him, let us say, his pastoral abilities. Okay, Judging. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I know of nothing against myself. Yet, I am not justified by, by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. He says, even when I judge myself, I seems to be right. But even that judgment is irrelevant. He says, the ultimate judgment that will matter is God's judgment. Okay. Now, the question is, even when he's speaking this, where does his confidence come from? Where does his confidence come from? That is where you have to go look at the context and read verse 1 and 2, which we read yesterday. Today we are reading 3 and 4. He's being judged by everybody. But he has this confidence. I know before God where I stand, I'll be judged rightly and I'll be judged true. Reason verse 1 and 2. Because he says, Let a man so consider us as servants of God and stewards of the mysteries of God. He says, you know what? I'm a servant. And I'm a steward. God has entrusted something to me. And to what he has entrusted, you know what? I am faithful. Because it is required of a steward that one be found faithful. Like you are sitting over here, four children sitting over here. You have been entrusted, which may look very little in the eyes of the world. You have been entrusted, a work to do, a place to stay, a little things to take care of. And the simple thing is that it may look so simple. 
and so silly, but you do not realize in the kingdom of God how important it is where you are faithful in those things. And he's saying, I am faithful. I am faithful. In First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, this is what he says. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the simple thing you need to realize. What is he actually talking about? He's talking about his life before Christ came into his life. That even according to the law, he was faithful. So this is a parameter which is always there. Okay, You may not be a Christian. You may not be a Christian. Cornelius was not a Christian. But with the amount of knowledge he had received, he was faithful to it. And with the knowledge of the law Paul had, he was very faithful to the law. And he says, God saw that. He ignored my ignorance, what I did it by ignorance, but he knew I had something in me that I was very faithful. And you know what he did? If this man can be faithful to the law without knowing the God behind the law, I can trust him and put him into ministry. Entrusted. Okay, this is how it works. This is how the kingdom of God operates. So don't look for exaltation from man. It is temporary. Exaltation comes from God. And when God exalts a man, it is, it, it is permanent and it is eternal. And we are running a race. So one of the most important criteria for judgment on that day is very faithful. And we looked at it in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, because when it comes to faithfulness, this is important. Hear, O heaven, give here, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children. He says, Israel is my child. Israelites, they are my children. And they have rebelled against me. Like I said, son, servant, steward. They are my children, but they rebelled against me. He says, on the other hand, look at the ox, look at the, look at the animals. He says, the ox knows its owner and the donkey its master. The donkey its master. The ox knows its owner. The donkey knows its master. And the simple thing is that, do we know our owner? First thing, do we know we are owned by somebody else? We don't belong to ourselves. Do we know our owner? Second, do we know our master? That's what Jesus said. This is important we know it because it is impossible for any man, woman or a child to serve two masters. It is not. You have to know who your master is. In heaven and on earth. You have to know your ma- who your master is. When you come to Apostle Paul's stage and all, he doesn't have a human master above him, but he's absolutely faithful to his divine master, so he can run alone. But we don't reach there one day. Because before that, you have to be under many masters. Many masters. Okay, You don't reach like Joseph reached at the age of 30 where the Pharaoh says, I don't even want to know anything that you are doing. I trust you implicitly. Run the country for me. Okay. Anybody comes with Pharaoh, he says, go to Joseph. Okay. You don't reach there one day. Okay, But should reach there one day. God can say that I give you full responsibility because I trust you. So you should know who your honor is. You should know who your master is because no man can serve two masters. So the simple question is, on that day, will we be counted faithful to God and to that God has placed above us? Okay, Any, any system in your work, any system in your work, you need to realize there are 
three things we need to be primarily be faithful to. First and foremost, it is God because he owns me. He is the owner. He is the creator. Rest are all creation and it belongs to him. So first and foremost is God. Two, you have to be faithful to the spirit of what he has spoken. Being faithful to God means to be faithful to what he has speak, spoken. So the law is given in the old covenant. The spirit of the law is explained in the new covenant. The law. So you, we need to know. And third, to people. Faithful to people. Okay, Like if you are a politician, let us say, you know, highest form of governance. Let us say you, you are a prime minister of India or a president. Okay, First, you need to be faithful to God. Because you need to realize kings are put on the thrones by God and he removes them as he pleases. Don't be very sure. There are plenty of kings and politicians rotting in hell now because they did not know it was God to whom they had to answer. And, and God uses one illustration to prove it to man by taking the most powerful celebrated king Nebuchadnezzar, showing him who is boss. boss. When he tried to take ownership, God said, you are not an honor. I am the honor of all earth. So first thing you need to realize is I am faithful to God. Second thing what we talk about is if you are a leader, there's something, a book called the Constitution from which we derive all our rights in the nation. We derive our rights in the nation from that constitution. Am I faithful to this? For us, the word of God. Third, you are responsible to the people of the nation. Are you faithful to that people? These three things you need to realize. These three things, okay, not people first. If you get people first, you'll get it all wrong. You'll get it wrong. God, the spirit of the law, and the people. This fundamental principle applies to everybody. Because, because when we stand before God, God says, bring forth your strong reasons. Bring forth your strong reasons. And you should be able to say, so Paul is very confident. He says, you know what? I am faithful. I'm faithful to God. And I'm faithful to the letter of the law. And I'm faithful to the people he has sent me. Faithful. Because this is the criteria by which will we become. In Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. Okay. Read it carefully. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Now, how does it say? He who will be. No, he already is. Before the much can come into your life from God, the much can come to from God, you have to be found faithful. You have to be, not he will be. He will be. He is. He's already faithful. The little things, I told you, if you don't understand how important those little things in life are, connected with God and connected with man, it may look very little when you are young. It may look very little. A responsibility that is entrusted to you, like your mentors or guardians, because you have guardians, or parents, if you are children, or bosses, if you are working in an office, how important it is. To be faithful in little things. Look at Psalm 78 and verse 70 to 72. It may look like a very little thing. 78. He also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfold. Where did he pick him from? The sheepfold. 
What was he doing? He was following the Eves that had young. He brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, and Israel is in it. What did he do? He was looking at David, who was a shepherd boy, who was sent there to look after the sheep by his father. Simple. He's in the wilderness. There is no supervision. There's no supervision. Nobody is there along with him. He's alone with the sheep. No elder brother, no father, nobody watching over him. But God was watching how this boy was faithful to God and faithful to the responsibility given by his father to him. Very small thing. That's what he later will talk about. Not just how he tended and took care, but when that Eve saw the sheep or the lamb was in great trouble, he risked his life to save it. God was watching and the Bible says, you know what he did? Yeah, go to verse 71. You know what he did? He took him from the, where did he take him? He brought him from there, from the sheepfold to shepherd God. Why did he? That's why the word shepherd is used. Why? He was faithful as a shepherd boy and God said he'll be faithful as a shepherd of my people. We don't realize how these things matter. How these things don't, these things matter. Are we faithful? Are we faithful? Are we faithful? Okay. The reason why I am saying is that a lot of people feel they are neglected, they are overlooked, but they don't see the spiritual realm. <laughs> they don't see the eternal realm. Because even if you are promoted here, whether it is true or not, it is temporary. Therefore, it is irrelevant. What is relevant is will you be eternally be counted worthy to be promoted. Okay. That's where it matters. Look at this portion given in Colossians chapter 3, 22 to 25, and then 4 1. Colossians 3, 22 to 25. Bond servants. Okay. That's what Paul calls himself, and Jesus himself called himself a bond servant, a son who chose voluntarily to be a servant of God, and God calls them stewards. See, these things have to be voluntarily. If you're forced to do something, you're just a servant, a hireling. A bond servant who does it willingly. Okay. Bond servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleases, but in sincerity of heart fearing God. He says, you, your masters whom God has placed above you, do them with full heart, not with eye service when they are present, but even when they are absent. Why? Because you fear God, who's your real master. And whatever you do, the way you do it also, okay, you can be extremely efficient and cold. Extremely efficient and grumpy. He says, no, do it heartily. Ask to the Lord. Because you know, even like I keep saying, you know, on an offering before the offering, even when you are putting in your ten paisa, it's no longer there, one rupee, do it cheerfully. Because God loves a cheerful giver. God doesn't just like givers. God loves cheerful givers. So he says, whatever you do, be faithful in it. Because if you are just doing eye service, then you are being unfaithful. Meaning master is there, you are very, very busy. The master is not there, you are relaxing. So you are not faithful. He says, do it faithfully and do it cheerfully. Faithfully and cheerfully. Why? Because you are doing it to whom? Not to God, not to man. 
it's ultimately the beneficiary of it is God for his king, for the kingdom. Okay, and come to verse 24. Knowing that, from when will you receive a reward? From the Lord you will receive the reward of your inheritance for you serve the Lord. Because many people, many millions upon millions and millions in the kingdom of God on earth during their lifetime did not get a promotion. Neither in their home, in the workplace or even in church. They were never noticed. Let me ask you this question. If we did not have that in, if at the age of 40 days, if Joseph and Mary had not brought Jesus into the temple, would we know about Anna and Simeon? No. But were they faithful? So if they had not come there, they always would have been faithful. We would have never known them until we reach heaven and see them given authority over nations. That's the truth of most people. They are overlooked. They are not seen because the men above them, people above them, don't have the discernment to see their faithfulness. So they are overlooked. So the Bible says, don't worry about that. Because remember, you are receiving the reward of your inheritance from whom? From God. For you are serving Christ. But when you are serving Christ, this is the criteria. Be faithful. Whether your master is there or whether your master is not there. Because he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done because there is no partiality with God. And then in verse 4.1 tells the masters over there, you know, now this is talking to some masters. He says, be careful. Give your bond servants what is just and fair, knowing that you also, even if you are a master on earth, don't forget you are a servant. And a steward, there is a big master up there. He is the real master. So you also be very, very careful that in the way you deal things, you are faithful and considered faithful and not unfaithful. If we turn to Luke chapter 12 and read from verse 35 onwards. Plus we'll read from 35 onwards. Let your ways be girded and your lamps burning. And do you also be like men who wait for their Master. This is why this has to be very, very important. The thing is that in democracy, nobody has any masters. Because in the democracy, the concept is people are king. So everybody is a king. We are like living in the days of judges. Each man does what he writes in his own eyes. Everybody is king. But we, even though we are born and we live and we enjoy our democracy, Remember, we are part of the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, there are masters. There are lords. And there is a king of kings and the lord of lords. Okay? And in eternity also, it will be the same. Because there is heaven and there is a new earth, there is a new city. And the new city's light is from the glory of God itself. And there are lords and there are servants. They all are there. And the Bible says the kings of the earth... Bring their glory. So there are kings on earth then. And there are people who are not kings. They are ordinary. And it's forever. There will be a lot of people who have come here through this very simple people, faithful, ignored, never acknowledged, overcame, has faithful, and they are kings on earth. Forever. Forever. And we'll be shocked. Some of them may not have, don't know how to read and write. All they did, they heard. That's why I love this word, faith comes from hearing. 
and not from reading. Because you will be shocked when you reach to heaven to see some of the overcomers could never read. But they heard. And they believed. And they obeyed. Read? No. Heard. If you can't read, much more is given to you. Much more will be required. <laughs> okay. Okay. So when will he return from the wedding? When he will, and then when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Why? Because they are faithful in their watching. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Okay. So they were faithful. They were always living in the light of the day of judgment. The day of judgment. They are always faithful. So, watching means they are not standing by the door and waiting for the knock. No, that's not. It's a spiritual thing. They were very faithful. Assuredly, I say to you, he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. Okay? If you should come in the second watch or the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants. And know this, if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed the house to be broken into. Okay. Therefore, you also be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Verse 41. Okay. Then Peter said to him, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all to the, all the people? Because Jesus speaks in parables. All the people. Now let's read from verse 42. Okay, 42. The Lord said, Who then is that? Who then is that? Faithful. Not wise first. If you put wise before faithful, then many of us will be disqualified. He says, no, faithful. Because if you are faithful, God will give you wisdom. Because you have wisdom does not mean you are faithful. Okay? Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household? Did you see that? Did you see the reward of being faithful? The reward of being faithful is that in eternity you become a ruler. You may be a servant on earth. But if you are faithful, you don't just be a servant. You are a ruler on earth. Humbly make ruler. And that's what he's talking about. Faithfulness is, is incorporated into everything that God looks or demands from people. Go to verse 47 of same chapter. Okay, The servant who knew his master's will. And did not. Okay, that's negative conduct. But what's the principle? We know the Father's will. We know our Master's will. We know our Lord's will. And the question is, we know His will. Whatever part of the will you know about it. God says, are you being faithful to it? Are you being faithful to it? Okay. That's what He's looking at. Are we being faithful to it? Okay, if you turn to Acts chapter 13, verses 22, and then verse 36, then 36. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as a king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my... Two things. One, this guy loves me. Two, he will be faithful to do my will. 
I can trust him. I can trust him to do all my will. He is trustworthy. He is faithful. And verse 36, God is proven right. And David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, when he finished, how does he finish? He finishes as a person who has counted faithful. That's why Psalm 78 comes over there, right? We looked at it. Faithful. And that's what God is looking for. Am I faithful? To what God, each one needs to know their purpose in life. As they go through their stages, they need to know their purpose. And the simple question is, are we faithful to the general? Right now, most of you, general. And then, later, specific. Both. Are we faithful? Okay. Don't look at the outward. Don't look at the outward. You will get fooled. Because the world looks at the outward and looks for success. Looks for gifts. Looks for talents. That's not God. God looks inward and sees, are you faithful? And he looks at whether we are faithful in those little things. Little things. Because remember, there were seven churches mentioned in the book of Revelation. Only two churches did not receive an indictment, a negative report. And only two churches were complimented. God had nothing bad to say about them. But if you look at both these churches, Revelation 2, verse 9 and 10, a church going through unbelievable persecution, suffering. This is what he says. He says, I know your works. Tribulation and poverty. So he says, I know. Don't worry about the people. They look at your works and say, cursed church. Miserable church. Thank God I am not part of this church. But I know your works. Your tribulation and poverty. But he says, you know what? You are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. There are others who are like prospering, full of power and doing. He says, I know them. They're all Freemasons. Synagogue of Satan. That's what he's saying. Oh, they, I know how they have reached the top. You don't worry about it. You have been crushed down because you're faithful. They have risen because they are unfaithful and loyal to the demonic. So he says, don't aspire to become like them. The judgment has been set. But verse 10, don't fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. That you may be tested. And you will have tribulation 10 days. He says, you know what? I'm going to allow this. The devil is going to use people to throw you into prison. But remember this. Be faithful until death. And what will you receive? You will receive the crown of life. That's what James will talk about. Uh, James 1, 12, he says, Blessed are those who endure temptation. We don't understand what that temptation, what all that it can be. Temptation here means trial, test. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive what? The crown of life. What can be the temptation? You will die in prison. But still remain faithful. God says, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody who will be faithful till the very end. So what? You will receive the crown of life. The crown of life means this is life that you know eternal God. The way these people will know God will differ from the way we know God. Their, their, their knowledge of God will be completely different because you they were faithful till death to God. 
Okay, so it could be on both sides of the aisle. One side you're going through unbelievable persecution and remain faithful till the point of your death. Whatever they do to you, faithful. The other side, look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, and then verse 10. This is a church which is not going through persecution. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. So he says, I know your works. And what does he say? In, yeah. 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 I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength. He says, you know, outwardly you have no influence. You have very little strength. You have verily have no money, you have no power, you have no influence, nothing. But you know what? You have been faithful. You have been faithful. You have kept my word and have not. So Lord, we look at mega churches and all. Thank God for them. If it is a truth that is being preached there, they are saving a lot of people. Praise God. But there are a lot of tiny, tiny little churches. Don't judge them, God says. That's why I said be very careful about judging the pastors who come on a pastor's conference. You may see them coming in their chapels and they don't look. They are poor. But don't you dare judge them because you do not know their churches. They may have no power. They may have no influence. They may not have great money. They may have a small little congregation with 10 people, 15 people. But the church may be faithful. One of the pastors who passed away this year and he passed away when his wife called me. She got my number from his phone and she was crying and crying and telling me in Telugu, Aya, Aya, Aya. Every morning, early in the morning, my husband used to wake up and he would always pray for you without fail. Now let me ask you, honestly, let me ask you, how many of you without fail, 365 days, pray for your pastor early in the morning? That he was faithful. He was faithful. Because he was faithful to somebody who mentored him for years, though he was much older than me. And he never forgot it. Ask the simple questions. Are we faithful in those little things? Faithful in our prayer closet? Faithful to pray? Faithful to the things? That's what he says, I know. I know. You have very little strength. You have kept my word. You have not denied my name. You were faithful to my word. You were faithful to my name. So you know what he says? I'm keeping an open door for you. Open door. Both these churches, whether it is Smyrna or Philadelphia, in their own times would have never been considered successful by their peers, other churches around them. But in God's eyes, they both were faithful. Both were faithful. Okay? In Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. Yeah? In verse 8, 7 and 8, he will say, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid for me the crown of righteousness. Why is he so sure? Because he has kept the faith. You know what it means? I have remained faithful till the end. The what God has shown me. Therefore, I'm absolutely sure, because you know what? The one who promised is faithful. If we have done our part faithfully, he's absolutely 
absolutely faithful to fulfill what he has said. Therefore, he says, you know what? There is a laid for me, the crown of life. You know what all crowns Paul would have be getting? The crown of life. The crown of righteousness. The crown of glory. What is reserved for shepherds. He is going to be crowned with many crowns. Okay. But if you were to look at him when he was living on earth, people would have told him he is the most unsuccessful preacher. Just gets beaten. Just from prison to prison. At the end of his life, his congregation has rejected him. Churches have all turned away. He will lie in prison and die executed. What a miserable failure. Retrospect only we are knowing. But you have to look at each person in his times. In his times. But he was one of the most successful preachers in God's eyes. Why? Because he remained faithful. That's why Solomon says in Proverbs 20 and verse 6, he says, you know what? Who can find? Who can find? 26. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness. No, That's what is called our resume. Inflated, padded resume. But who can find a faithful man? Okay, this is a whole, whole issue. Because you need to realize this is something that is important. Because like I see the news and I look at leaders like President Trump and all, no? If God gives him a second term, one thing he has to learn is after the first term and the next four years, he should know by now who are loyal and who is faithful. He was brought down. Not just by his enemies, by his own administration, which were full of disloyal, unfaithful people. They were not faithful to God. They were not faithful to their country. They were not faithful to the constitution. Nor were they faithful to their president. Disloyal. And this is the one. See, gifts and talents, all we need. Need, okay? But you need somebody who is faithful. He's faithful. Okay, that is what people tell King Saul, Ahimelech and all tell King Saul and David himself. Why are you after this young man? He's faithful. You're looking at him as your enemy. He's not your enemy. He's extremely faithful. Faithful. Okay, and that's what God is looking for. And we need to get this principle, like I said. When we stand before God, our judgment is not the way the world judges people. This is how God judges people. If we look at uh, Revelation 2, 7. Uh, sorry, sorry, 3, 7. 3, 7, not 2, 7. 3, 7. <coughs> okay? Yeah, 3, 7. Okay. Tell this to the church, angel of the church, and if you have your NIV, I mean, I'm not NIV, NKJV or anything, if you look at the heading of this, it's the faithful church. It's written, the faithful church. These things says who is holy, who is true, who has what? The key of David. He who opens, no one shuts, and shuts, no one opens. So, what is he saying? He's saying, your opportunities, your exaltation should come from God. He holds the key. And the key, the door that he opens, no man can shut. No man can shut. No man can shut. To whom it is a promise? Promise. It is promised to the church in Philadelphia, okay, or an end time church that has remained faithful and the trial is coming upon the whole earth. He says, you know what? I will open that door for you. 
Why? What is the cry? Why are you opening this church? Only this church you are opening, O Lord? He says, because you are faithful. You are faithful. You can escape. But another church, same time, Laodicea, he seems to be shutting. You will not escape. Unless you repent. You will not escape. What's the difference between these two churches? One was faithful. Maligned, slandered, no money, very, very little numbers, no strength, but faithful. Another has everything going for it in the world. But in God's eyes, they were absolutely unfaithful. Okay? So we need to understand, okay, that God in His wisdom, in His character, in eternity, how does He work? What is He looking for? Okay? Because we want blessings. Everybody wants blessings. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty. A faithful man will abound with blessings. One of the sure criteria to abound with blessings in God's eyes is remain faithful unto death. Remain faithful. See, the problem is we are pursuing things and getting the order wrong. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. These things will be added unto you. You don't pursue blessing. You pursue what is important to God. What is important to God is the first thing God is looking for is who is faithful. He's not looking for talented people. He's not looking for educated people. He's not looking for smart people. He's not looking for tall people. He's not looking for short people. He's not looking for good-looking people. He's not looking for any of this thing. He is looking around to see who is faithful to what has been revealed to him. David was revealed a few things, probably by his father and mother about God, and a job given by his father, unpaid job. You need to realize he was faithful. He was faithful. There were others, tall, smart, handsome, gifted, and God overlooked all of them. Because God, he told Samuel, man looks at the outside. God looks at the heart. And in the heart he found David was faithful. Faithful. Okay. It's not how much you know. But from what you know of God and his kingdom, how it works. A simple question he's asking is, are you faithful? If you turn to Luke uh, chapter 10 and verse 42 and then to 49. Okay. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. One thing is needed. And that will not be taken from her. And what is that? Verse 39. See, 1039. She had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Okay? What did Jesus come there for? To teach. When he was teaching, she was absolutely faithful to that one thing. She put away everything else. Sat at his feet. He says, you know what? That one thing. You know what that one thing is talking about? It's not sitting and listening to the word. But to the faithfulness to what is needed at that moment. That one thing will not. You will realize wherever Mary comes, she is faithful. At that another place, he's not preaching. But at that moment, she is faithful to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Faithful. And that one thing, he says, Martha, you're distracted. You're distracted. You're serving two masters. You're distracted. But you know, Mary is not distracted. She is faithful. 
these things be careful because the ox knows its owner the donkey knows its master and mary knew her lord and you know what mary well done good and faithful mary you are a ruler you are a ruler so remember what is the, what is the blessing of being faithful you are faithful in few things now god is going to make you a ruler a ruler you are on earth you may have been a servant to everybody does not matter what matters is in eternity like everything has term limits even if presidency appoints him for life at the end of the day the judgment <laughs> he will die so there is a term limit established by god everything is until you die but eternity you need to realize there is no term limits so the simple question we need to ask ourselves this morning is this can god trust me can god trust me with the little things you need to ask in each day what happened the things that have been entrusted to me by god and by man like i said we are not apostle paul where we are given like independent even when the prime minister gives independent charge like it is controlled by the prime minister's office <laughs> just a name called independent charge but when god gives a man independent charge he gives him independent charge apostle paul has independent charge you know what happens what he writes becomes scripture even when it is his opinion it is written as scripture you know why because this is a man under god and absolutely faithful okay so the first thing you need to realize is god is asking israel you are my children but you rebelled against me but in your own backyard there are two animals One is an ox, the other is a donkey. The ox knows its owner. The donkey knows its master. So he's simply asking this question. Simple thing is this: In heaven, do you know who owns you? On earth, do you know who your master is? And are you faithful to the principle of how God's kingdom works? Oh, are you living in the time of the book of Judges? Each man was king. Each one did whatever they pleased, and they could not be trusted. Like I told you, young children, can God trust you in small things? Small things. No, I like that. Like that verses in. I think it's in thirty-nine Genesis thirty-nine. consistent about a person 39 okay 39 hmm. and words hmm. 39 verse 2 hmm. and then verse 6 the lord was with joseph and he was a successful man and he was in the house of his master and verse 3 yeah yeah verse 3 verse 3 and the master saw verse 3 the master So, this master saw. Master saw something. Okay, his God is with him, and everything he does in his place. Joseph is faithful, and God is blessing. And verse six, he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not bother. That's basically what it means. He did not bother. 
And verse 22, 23. The keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did it here, and it was his doing. And verse 23. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. The same thing will happen with the Pharaoh too. So what was this thing about it? Can you be actually be trusted by with something where your supervisor, your boss never has to come back and check to you because at the end of the day he will know it will be done. There will be no glitches. Come on. Can you be trusted? Can you be trusted? Can you be trusted? Do you know why he became king at age of 30 and died for 100 at the age of 110 years. That means for nine, uh, 80 years, Israel had peace. Israel had peace. 80 years. Two generations had peace in Israel, you know, in Egypt. Why? Because Joseph was a faithful steward. Faithful. But he didn't become faithful to the Pharaoh. First he was faithful in his father's house. Then he was faithful in Potiphar's slave. Then he was faithful as a prisoner. And then, no. These are things which we need to understand. Am I? Can I be counted? Can I be counted faithful? And start with little things. Don't look at your pastor. Because your pastor may not even notice. But look at your God. See, his own father and mother did not notice or consider David when Samuel came to Bethlehem. See, he didn't come in the morning and do it in by 10 o'clock. He came the previous day or maybe a few days earlier. And he said, get everything ready. But the parents did not call the youngest boy home because they did not consider him. So it does not matter who overlooks you. Maybe your own parents, your own boss, your own pastor. It does not matter who overlooks you. The simple thing is that God did not overlook you. Because what is happening is Samuel is standing there and the sons of Jesse are passing by and he's hearing in the spirit, discard, 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 discard. He's hearing it and he's confused because each time his appreciation is said, surely this is the Lord's anointed and God says no. And nobody can hear it. It's a conversation taking between the prophet and the son. Second one comes, Abinadab. Surely, God says no. Surely, no. Surely, no. Seven are over. And everyone looked successful outwardly. And the prophet realized they had been rejected inwardly. And then comes this young boy running over there. He doesn't look successful outwardly. And God says, rise and anoint him. And if you look at that point of life in David, why was God he chosen? Simple. He was faithful. Faithful to what his father told him. And whatever he knew about God, he was faithful. He was faithful. And this is what we need to understand. We'll go through terrible times. We'll do incredible testings we will go through. Either as a church in Smyrna or a church in Philadelphia, you will be tested. But what is being promised is the crown of life. What does God tell Smyrna? Be faithful even unto death. And you will receive the crown, of the, the kind of experience of knowing God like nobody else can. The crown of life. Because God is life. Second to the church in Philadelphia, I hold the key of David. You remain faithful. You have very little strength, power, influence. You remain faithful when that hour comes. Smyrna is not going to escape. But you, I will open the door for you and you will walk through. Then people will know I made a difference. 
But Lavadisha goes headlong into tribulation and you are taken out of it. They will know who was actually successful. Because your success should be only because you are faithful. Any other way you are successful, but you are not faithful to God, to his king and his kingdom. I'm telling you, when the fire goes through, it will go all go out. Remain faithful. Remain faithful because the pressure is increasing. Pressure is increasing. Remain faithful. Because on the other side, people on the other side are like modern day Democrats. They will lie, they will cheat. I'm not even sure about number eight. Let me tell you honestly because Americans are listening. Don't get so gung-ho about the opinion polls and all because they know how to cheat elections. You want to have an election that is absolutely fair. It has to be election by everyone has an ID. And has only one ID and one number. And you have. Except for America, everywhere in the world, you have to show your ID. You have to show your ID. And you should have actually paper ballots. Electronic means system, you never know. And then they will come back ten years later, there was a glitch. By then one generation is gone. See, paper ballots, you cannot go wrong. Old days, they stuffed the ballot boxes, but now it cannot do. It's very difficult because you have CCTV cameras. Today, with all this technology, one thing you should go back to the old days, paper ballots. With water ID. Because the most important decision I make or you make as a citizen is when we vote, who can rule me? That's the most important decision you make as a citizen, more than anything else. The most important decision you make as a citizen is the right given to somebody to make decisions for you, who will rule over you. And if that is warped, then everything else that is happening in the country is affected. That is what we call about integrity of elections. Integrity of elections. And that is where on the other side, they will use all these great sounding words, but they steal elections. They do steal elections. And they are very good at that. Very good at that. And that is why the only entity, if it is God's will, who can fight this is the church, who understands there is a realm above this that controls, and we have been given power. That's why we pray. We pray. Because all around the world, they got rid of 45 days, trust is out. What is her name? Lisa Truss was out. I'm a UK president, I'm a prime minister, they kicked her out. They wouldn't let her rule because her tax reform is conservative, giving the tax benefits back to the people. The globalists are not going to allow that. They brought, don't get so this thing about, don't be stupid. We don't look at the color of somebody's skin or where nation is from. Look at what their policies are. When Kamala became vice president, all the Indians in the church were putting her up on their DP. You don't know what her policies are. Now, Rishi Sunak has come. He's a globalist. Britain, one of the oldest Christian nations on the earth, has fallen. A king who's a Freemason and a globalist and a climate change activist and a prime minister who is a globalist. One of the oldest. It's a, you are looking at history being rewritten. But in the process, it does not matter because Britain doesn't have much influence. What matters is will America fall? When America falls, you know what happens? It takes the rest of the world with it. So Britain are all irrelevant. What is relevant is U.S. In number eight, we will know which way the wind is blowing. 
If it is blowing on the wrong side, get ready for the second coming. Our time is up. We are running out of time. On the other hand, if it blows red, God is giving us time. Then the next line to cross is 2024. But 2022, number nine, watch out what will happen. And you know who has the power to change it? It is the church. Church to open the eyes of the people. Why I am saying it is not sure what is happening is because more than 2020, in 2022, this election, by today, more people have voted in mail-in ballots. And it's a very dangerous thing. This mail-in thing is a very dangerous thing. It's not trustable. And that's why it is dangerous. That's why it is dangerous. Because people are blinded. The Bible says people are blind. It's a demonic blindness. Because if you look at two parties over there, look at their policies. The ones who are ruling, they don't have one single thing to say they have done in two years. Literally not one single thing. But everything they have done has literally destroyed the nation. But they are standing on one thing. What is that? We are for abortion. And they are looking for the women to vote for them. So what does it tell you? That a whole lot of women are actually going to vote for getting inflation, for getting illegal immigration, crime, people being killed on the street, fentanyl being poured in, more people have died this year out of fentanyl. You know what fentanyl is? It's a little, little tablet. Half a tablet you take, your son takes, will die. Half a tablet you take, you will die. It's being poured by Chinese and the Mexican cartels into America to kill the youth. None of these things matter to the people. One thing is mattering. One they are putting and they are always shouting, shouting, pro-choice, 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 pro-choice. How what must be your thinking? How blinded you must be? So that's why the Bible says the God of this world has blinded the minds of the people. Otherwise they could see. So our job is this. You know what? Only the church has the power to open and to loosen. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you lose on earth will be loose. Though we are not in America, we are in India. So our authority is less. But we still have authority as a church because we are praying for at least the church to open their eyes. Church to open their eyes. Okay. And that's what we need to do. That's why we stand here and pray. Because you know what? Why did he say, why did he say that? He said, occupy till you come. Occupy till he comes. So we have to occupy. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, when God gave something to man, you know what he gave him? He gave him something that is called dominion. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on earth. He gave him dominion over three realms. You know what? It's not fish. It is sea. It's the air. The earth. You know why? Do you know it is true? Only man of all of God's creation flies. Only man of all of creation has a submarine which hits the bottom of the sea. Only man has created all kinds of crafts that can traverse the whole of the earth. Because God said in 128 all these things happened and no animal or fish or bird can duplicate it. It is called dominion. So he's not talking about fish, birds or animals. He's talking about dominion in realms. Dominion in realm. So these things are important. These things are important. And the dominion in the air is the most important. If you look at it, that is what took the long time. 
the dominion and everything, even the war in Ukraine. Russia is not winning. Ultimately, I guess they will win. It's not winning. It's because they are not able to have dominion over the earth, over the skies. But there is a spirit of air. Spirit of air. And that is where we have been given authority and power. You know what? When, uh, when in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel says, when he spoke, the spirit entered me. That's why God says words are important because even the demonic or the Holy Spirit waits for the word to speak. So when words are spoken, there are spirits that enter. And there are demonic words being spoken all around the nations. And you know what happened? Spirits. And like I said, we look into every home. The problem is not primarily finances. The problem is not primarily issues outside. The primary issues where words have been spoken and spirits have entered. And the marriage is in a crisis. Because spirits have entered. Because spirits wait for words. Otherwise, they cannot function. The Spirit of God is hovering over the waters. There is complete darkness, but when God speaks, the Spirit comes. That is the way it works. That's how God has ordained. So if you want things to change, you have to speak your words where the Spirit of God is able to come in and operate. And not demonic. That is what curses and occult and witchcraft and ritual. It's all words. Why do they speak these words? So that their spirits can enter and blind the eyes of the people. And our job is to bind it and to release the Spirit of God to open the eyes and the ears so they're actually able to see. Because the problem with the voting thing is, I will tell you what happens in a voting thing. You get get into the booth, you press the button or whatever, you get the ink, you walk out. It takes less than five minutes. And the next time to come over there, you will need five years. After that, I yo, it's over. It's over. Okay. It is like a marriage work. Enter into that polling booth discreetly, reverently, thinking about the future of your children and your own future. You are making a decision. And that is why all these demonic regimes whip up emotions before elections. They bring an emotive issue because when emotion comes, reason goes out of the window. Abortion is an emotive, religion is an emotive thing. So what do they, they raise up? So whenever somebody is trying to whip up emotions, be very careful. Reason goes out. And who are emotional? Women. And in every country, who votes more? Women. That's why the founding fathers did not allow women to vote till 1923 or something. Because they knew they would mess up the politics. They won't think. They won't think. Politics is a man's business. But of course, God change allows things to change and mothers will rise. And a lot of mothers have risen. Strong women are rising and they are not talking emotional things. They are talking reason now. So sometimes when all men become weak like Barak, women have to rise. And we see Melonia in Italy, Carrie Lake in Arizona, women rising, tough ladies. Tough ladies are rising up because we need to, because they are talking issues that matter. And they are not talking about pro-choice. They are talking about issues that matter. Okay, so you need to get these things. So if you want to be a woman after God's own heart, don't be emotional. You need emotions to empower you from behind. But understand, what are the issues that matter in the kingdom of God? And I have understood the issue. This is how the kingdom of God works. And this, I am going to be faithful to it. Come what may. You can count on me. I am loyal. I am loyal. 
I am faithful. I, you, you can count on me. I am loyal. That's what God is looking for. So this morning we will again pray. We will continue to pray. Continue to pray for U.S. Continue to pray because this is a battle unto death. Word of a testimony and they did not love their lives. Their lives. They did not love their lives. Even unto death. So we will not be discouraged. Because we have read the end of the book. We will not be discouraged. We are looking at our rewards. If he gives us here, hallelujah. If we don't receive it here, still hallelujah. Because we shouldn't miss it there. Shouldn't miss it there. Come, let's have Peter.
Father, this morning we stand here before thee, Lord, only because you are faithful. That is who you are, true and faithful. And so are all your promises. They are yes and amen because the God who promised is faithful. Faithful, Lord. Faithful, faithful, faithful God. This morning, Father, we stand. We stand in the gap and we pray. We seek mercy. We seek your intervention, Lord. Because all our future, our children's future, are all connected to things and events that are happening today. And we have to stand in the gap and pray for those who are weak, those who are blinded, those who do not have the boldness or courage to face the things that have been prophesied. He said, if God did not shorten those days, even the very elect themselves would not survive. But Lord, you are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful, 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 Lord. We are pleading for mercy. We are pleading for time. Like Hezekiah pled, Lord. He turned to you and he cried out and he said, Lord, have mercy. He put his reasons before thee. But as people, as a nation, we may not have any reasons to put before you except to seek your mercy. Give us more time, Lord, to put our house in order. To put our lives in order. Put a nation in order. Have mercy, have mercy, Lord. The wicked are on in a full-fledged agenda for a global reset. To get the Antichrist in. But the only one who can put a foot on the brake is the church. He said, if you ask in my name, the Father will hear you. Father, we are asking in the name of Jesus. We are asking for time. Time for ourselves. Time for our children. Time for our grandchildren. Time, time to put our houses in order, our lives in order. So that when the day and that hour comes, we know we are ready. We know our children are ready. We know our little ones are ready. Give us time. Show mercy. Mercy, mercy, Lord, have mercy. Open the eyes, the ears of your people. Help us to be true and faithful to the call of the king. Faithful to the kingdom because the kingdom triumphs over everything else. Nothing else matters, O Lord, on earth. It's your kingdom. It's your church. You never said to any other entity, you only told the church, the gates of hell shall not prevail. It will prevail over every other institution. Institution after institution will fall. The church cannot fall. It dare not fail. And I pray, Father, everything we do is connected to that living entity, that we are part of that living church of Smyrna or Philadelphia, but of these two. Ephesus was fantastic, but were they not faithful to their first love? 
you had harsh words against Ephesus. Teach us to be faithful. Little things, little things. For you are a God of little things. You watch over the little things in our life. What we do, how we do. So that you can make your people rulers one day. The blessing of being faithful. Touch is today. Let him set his face like a flint towards Jerusalem. The call of God upon his life. To stand there strong. Even if he is the last man standing. And I pray he will be found standing. All the troubles in his life started when you took a call to stand for your name. And for that nation, you chose him to lead. Let him stand there strong. Let him not be shaken or moved by what is happening. All the enemies that are ranged, all those disloyal ones who will say all kind of stories and tales, let him not be bothered about it. For our vindication comes from you. For if God is for us, who can be against us? Archie for Ankyu. Once of fighting the battles in the courtrooms. For Brad, Mike and C and all their team and even Gita today, Lord. Touch, touch them. Touch them, Lord. Let them not grow weary. Yes, their bodies may tire, but their soul never grow weary. Let them daily come to you, for you are the one who gives rest to our souls. The healer of our body. The one who gives rest to our soul. And from that rest, let each one operate. I speak that rest to them. Let their confession be, if God is for me, who can be against me? What can be against me? Who is he that condemns? For it is Christ who justifies. For your yardstick for those who love you and who are faithful to you are not the same as the rest. For you said, I found a man, a man after my own heart, a man who loved you all the days of his life. Who will do all my will. Who was faithful to you and to the kingdom all his life. Two things. Two things. Connected with David. He loved you. And he was faithful to you. Therefore even now. The throne on which Jesus will sit. Is called the throne of David. Help us too Lord to be. Men who love you, women who love you, children who love you with all their heart. And stay and learn and grow and be faithful to you all the days of our life. Teach us, Lord. Teach us. Help us. Help us. Help us, Lord. To know who owns us. And who is our master? 
We don't want to be called rebellious children. We need to be have more discernment than the children of Israel. The discernment of the ox and the donkey. To know who owns us. Help us to believe and confess and walk and say, He owns me, lock, stock and barrel. I belong to Him. I was created by Him and I was redeemed by Him. I belong to Him twice over. And Lord, forgive us of all the times we have failed You. But Lord, there's one thing we have decided. We want to end faithful. End our lives faithful. Faithful, faithful to you. Touch your people everywhere. Your servants everywhere. Old and young. Men and women. Youth and children. Oh Father. Teach us. Teach us. Teach us to be faithful. Teach us to order our lives. Teach us to prioritize our lives so that we know in what God is and in what God is not. Each day, every day, elections are coming. In a few days, just a few days, less than two weeks left. But you appoint rulers. And I pray, Father, today, you would intervene. Open the eyes of the people, the ears of the people. Millions upon millions are still left to vote. All of the Congress, 35 Senate seats, so many governors, so many other constitutional appointed bodies, men and women, The God of this world has blinded the eyes of the people. But you have given us the authority to open. We take authority in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. We bind every mind-blinding spirit in the name of Jesus. We pray the fire of God will come upon now, upon that nation. Burn the evil and the occult altars. It will be burned up, O Lord. Every place where it is going on 24-7, Lord. Wizards and warlocks and witches, O Lord. O Father, let the fire fall and the people see and they turn their hearts back to God first. God first. And then they will see who are standing for God and the principles he has enshrined in his own constitution for that land. A nation under God. A nation under God. Oh, Father, let it U.S. return from a backsliding. Let that nation return back. Turn back. Where they will value life. Where they will honor God. Where they will fight for homes and families and not to destroy. Fight for the life of the unborn and the born and not to destroy. Where they will not fool around and destroy the genders assigned by God at birth. 
for he called the male and female no government no dispensation has the right to toy with it father we bind those powers of darkness that is empowering these men and women and i pray you will expose the demonic agenda to destroy that land the last bulwark standing against the coming of the antichrist we pray for mercy mercy we pray for time like hezekiah prayed for time you added 15 years we ask for time lord add father add add father time mercy mercy anointing come upon your people over there who are called by your name who are true who believe let an anointing come upon them today lord that breaks the yokes over their lives let an anointing come up over there let fire fall upon their tongues oh lord that even their prayer life will change oh lord yes. their minds will be stable they will not be divided hearts and minds oh lord that they will know who their honor is they will know who their master is they will know what they have to do at a time like this oh lord And when they pray, power will be released. Yes. Demons will flee. Yes. Oppressed will be set free. Yes. There will be a deliverance that will take place. Yes. Yes. Anoint your servants all over there, yes, Lord. Lord. Yes. So many true servants, Lord. Yes. We are yes. not going by the names that are known because there are so many unknown, oh Lord, that we do not know. You know. That's what you told Elijah. There are seven thousand. you do not know who have not bent their knees to baal there are tens and thousands in the villages and the towns and the countryside men and women and pastors shepherds every color every race in that land who have not bowed their knees to baal i pray an anointing would come upon them the fire of god would come upon them Yes, a quickening of the holy spirit will take place yes, an awakening will take place in the land yes lord yes lord that the land will turn back to christ yes lord those racial divisions would fall yes lord those walls of separation would come down yes lord because there are wicked men and women who use those walls to stay in power thank you but lord When you came and died on the cross the greatest of walls between Jew and Gentile was brought down and they were made one in Christ and I pray every wall of race would come down in US yes lord that demonic agenda would fail yes lord it would fail speak life speak life lord speak life everywhere into the situations and i pray father you would move over the land you would give them show mercy and i pray for a red wave oh lord in november that would sweep the land from coast to coast from east to west but you said i would do a thing in your time that if i were to show or say you would be astounded 
you are the same God. You are the same God who gives us more than we can ask or think of. We may be thinking about 225 seats or 51, but Lord, Lord, you can do more than that. You can do more than that, oh Lord, exceedingly. Oh Father, expose the demonic powers that are operating through men and women. Expose them, Lord. Expose them. It's a battle your servants, your people have been fighting for years and years. Faithful have been there in their closet. Crying, crying out for you day and night. Touch, Lord. Touch. Touch, Lord. Touch. Because it affects all of us. Yes, it does. Our lives, our homes, our yes, churches. Yes, above does. all. Our children. Yes, it does. Okay. It affects our children. The yes, world they will grow yes, into. It, it affects our children. Yes, Above all, God. our children. Yes, my God. We don't want to be like Hezekiah who says, Oh, it won't happen anyway in my time. No, Lord. Even if it happens in our children's time, it will affect us. Yes, it will. So we pray, have mercy. Yes, my God. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy, have mercy. Have mercy Lord. Yes, Lord. Have mercy. Jesus. Yes, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy, Father, on the children, my God. Have mercy upon this generation, my God. Lord, have mercy. Lord, extend your time, my God. Mercy, 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 Father. Mercy, my God. Oh, Father, give them a chance to repent, my God. Today is the day. Harden not your heart. Oh, Father, cause us to repent. Oh, cause us to repent. Cause us to fall on your face and cry out. Cause us to lay prostrate before you and cry out. Cause us, cause us to bow our knees to Jesus. Cause us, cause us, cause us. Oh, Lord, I pray, Father, we, we, we as your church will, will Cry out, we'll cry out from the bottom of our hearts, my God. Oh, Father, we will, we will bow down. We will kneel before your throne, my God. Oh, because we know that we, when we come bow boldly to the throne room of grace, obtaining mercy, you said it's available, my God. And I pray, Father, mercy, mercy, my God. Mercy, mercy, mercy upon this generation. Mercy upon us, mercy upon the church, my God. Oh, Father, don't pass us by, my God. Oh, Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Lord. We believe, we believe, my God. We believe our God, our God, our God will give us some, some mercy extend we believe when we ask in faith we believe we believe we believe father Jesus, you said ask and you Jesus, will receive Jesus, speak Jesus. and you will find Jesus. knock and it will be opened that's why we're here my god oh lord to come together as the body of christ to come together in prayer in unity in harmony and in love and that's why we praise you and that's why we sing and that's why we offer our everything my god and today lord i pray father we will give you preeminence my god in our lives my god oh father we pray my god that you you lord you lord will break through for us my god so many marriages on the rocks so many marriages, Christian homes, my God. Oh Lord, I pray, my God, that you will touch Christian homes today. 
Touch husbands, touch wives. Bind every power of darkness, my God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against rulers of darkness in high places. Oh, Father, I bind on earth will be bound in heaven, my God. I pray, my God. Oh, Jesus, 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 would you touch husbands? Would you touch wives, my God? Whatever, whatever has caused them, my God. Oh, Lord, to sin against God. Oh, Father, I pray today, my God. Oh, Lord, I pray, my God, that they will, yes, break the yoke. Break the yoke today, my God. Oh, break the yoke, my God. Oh, Lord, let your anointing break the yoke. Pull down strongholds, break bondages, my God. Oh, Father, I pray, my God. Take the blindfolds off, my God. Unclog ears, my God. Soften hardened hearts today, my God. Cause them to repent, my God. To go on their knees and repent. To return from the... Oh Lord, as prodigals, come back from that pig pen. Come back today in the name of Jesus. Come out. Come out of darkness into the marvelous light. Come out today. Come out. Come out. Come out. Brothers and sisters, come out. You know who you are. You know who you are. You know what caused you to sin. You know what caused you to fall into an adulterous relationship. You know what caused you. You know what caused you. Come out today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. But our God came to give life and more abundant life. And in the name of Jesus, my God, I pray, my God. I, Oh, Father, I speak life into dead marriages today. Life into dead marriages. Life into dead children, my God. Oh, Father, I pray, my God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Bind that power of perversion. Perverted spirit. Filthy, mocky spirit. I bind it. What I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. The lust, the perverse mind, the filthy mind, Jesus, the murderous mind, I come against it in the name of Jesus, my God. Oh, what I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Lord, loose them, loose their souls from the clutches of the evil one, my God, loose their souls, my God, loose their souls, my God, the enemy has their soul caged in, my God. But would you lose them today? Oh, Father, come against this adulterous relationship. It's very, very strong. Oh, Jesus, I break the powers of the evil one in the name of Jesus, my God. Oh, Lord, 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 unequally yoked, walked away from God, strayed away from God, walking in rebellion today, I bind. Oh, Lord, rebellion is witchcraft. We know that. And I pray they will come back. They will come back, my God. Oh, Jesus, I pray, Father. You are shaking. There is a shaking happening in homes, in marriages, in children's lives, in offices, in our, in our careers. There is a shaking. There is a shaking taking place, my God. And Father, so you're causing us to go back to the cross. Oh, Father, Jesus, I pray, my God, that you touch Touch homes, my God. I pray for safety. I pray for security. Our hope is in you. Our faith is in you. Our trust is in you. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And we will say to the Lord, He is our refuge and our fortress. 
our God in you we will trust. Surely you will deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. A thousand may fall at one side, then a thousand may fall at the other. But no harm, no harm will come near our dwelling place. I pray, Father, wives and husbands will forgive each other. Brothers and sisters will forgive each other. Jesus, I pray there will be forgiveness. Forgiveness, my God. You said we need to forgive 70 times 7. Father, 490 times in a day. I pray we will not let unforgiveness take root in our lives. In the name of Jesus, oh Father, we don't want to carry that access baggage. You took it on the cross. You took it. You took it on Calvary, my God. You took our sin. You took our iniquity. You took our sickness. You took our pain. You took our hurt. You took it. You took it. You took it all, my God. You took our sick minds and our sick hearts. You took it. You took it on Calvary. You took it. You took it, my God. And today I pray we will receive freedom in the spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I pray we will have no grudge against each other, my God. Oh, Father, blessed is the man, oh, Lord, whose sins are forgiven. Oh, Father, oh, Father, you have forgiven our transgressions. Oh, Father, oh, Lord, we come, we come to receive mercy today. We come to cleanse. We come to the cross. We come to the cross and we ask, my God, for a cleansing. We ask for a cleansing. Oh, Father, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, cleanse the heart, cleanse the mind, take away that unforgiveness, take away that hardened heart today. We surrender that hardened heart. We surrender, we surrender, we surrender that hardened heart. We surrender that unforgiveness. We surrender that slanderous, nasty, murderous spirit, which brings a stench to your nostrils. We surrender we surrender it. We surrender it. We surrender it all. Would you just surrender whatever is bothering you today? Would you surrender? Would you let God be God in your lives? Would you let go? Would you let go? Would you let go? Person that has hurt you, would you let go? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you today, Father. Forgive us. Forgive us, Father. Cleanse us, Father. Purge us, Father. Wash us, Father. Purify our hearts today, my God. Oh, Jesus, help us. Help us, help us. Broken homes, broken children, my God. Would you touch today? Would you heal broken homes today, Father? Would you touch broken lives today, my God? So many wives and husbands hurting. So many children hurting, my God. We share that burden with them today. We share it with them. We don't want to be self-centered. We don't want to be full of ourselves and forget our neighbors, brother. We can't afford to. We pray, Father, would you touch them? Would you touch homes today? Would you heal broken hearts today? A bruised reed, you will not break. A smoking flax, you will not put out. The deep-rooted anger, the deep-rooted frustration, the anxiety, be anxious for nothing. 
but in all things, with supplication and prayer and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall be with you in Christ Jesus. Unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us in Christ Jesus. Empower us today, Father. Equip us today, Father. And, oh, Lord, 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 let the anointing flow through sick bodies today. Heal sick bodies today, my God. Heal, my God. Send forth your word and heal, my God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, touch, 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 my God. Touch, touch, my God. Oh, touch them, touch them. Heal sick. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Every one of them, Gita, Lord, every one of them, Lord, I speak supernatural healing, Father. They have no time to waste. Oh, Father, touch, Lord, touch, touch, Father, touch. Quicken their mortal bodies, Lord, even when they stoned Paul and left him for dead. He just rose up and he walked away, Father. You can do it, Lord. You are the same God. Touch all, Lord. Today, all those who have been attacked at different places, I pray there would be a supernatural covering, Father. Touch, Father, touch, touch, Lord. Different things they have been trying, Lord. Oh, Father, when the snake bit Paul, Father, nothing happened to him. You said these signs shall follow those who believe. And I pray faith will arise, O oh Lord. Faith will arise. For many other plans of the wicked one, Lord. It is said he would deliver us from it all. To poison us. Demonic oppression. To kill your people everywhere. But Lord, we will come through. And we will come through stronger than before, oh Father. Because that's what your word says, oh Lord. We are being transformed. From glory to glory. Strength to strength, oh Father. Touch, Lord. Your children make Sarah, Hannah, Sarai. Said Sam, Sammy, Father, touch them. Paul, Samson, Perry, Pastor Rick, both the pastors, Ricks, MQ, all the others. You know them all everywhere. Penny, Lynn, Uncle Marshall, healing and strength to their bodies, favor with God, favor with man, everywhere. These are the blessings of those who are faithful. They'll have favor. They'll have favor. It's a a word. It is written. These are promises which are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. We are standing on what you have spoken, Lord, for heaven and earth will pass away. Your word cannot pass away because it was spoken by you. We stand on those promises today. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Let faith arise in everyone who is listening. Faith arise, Lord. I even pray for that young man, Shalom, Lord. His soul is saved. That part is saved. Fill him with strength, with boldness, with your spirit. Let that part be filled with your Holy Spirit. Give him discernment, O Lord, that he knows the enemies when he sees them. And he'll be able to warn and protect. And through him, Father, Many, 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 many be saved, O Lord. Let him be that evangelist, Lord, 
who will bring many out of the powers of darkness into thy kingdom. Touch, Lord, touch. You are able. More than able, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. This morning, once again, standing here, we thank you for life. Thank you for the roof above our heads. Thank you for clothes on our back, food on our table. Yes, Lord. Thank you for today's bread. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. We know we do not deserve it. But then that's who you are. You give those who are undeserving. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Now, Father, Father, we pray for Paul too, Lord. Our Paul in the church, as he turns another day, another year, I pray you bless him, Lord. In his own way, he knows you. You are the only one who can reach out deep into his soul and touch him. Comfort him, strengthen him. Meet him. Bless him, Lord. Let him too know you as much as it possible. Within the ability you have given him, Lord. Let him be a blessing to his mother, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Now, Once again, we lift up holy hands and we bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. And we declare, Lord, thine is the kingdom, power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Riding on the cloud, shining like the sun, out the trumpet call, lift your voice, it's the year of Jubilee, out of Zion's hill, salvation comes, behold he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, out the trumpet call, lift your voice, it's the year of Jubilee. Out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Mm. And these are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. These are the days of good trials, famine and darkness and sword. We are the voice in the desert, crying, prepare the word of the Lord. Behold, He comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. Out of trumpet call, lift your voice, it's the year of Jubilee. Out of time, see salvation come.